Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and today I want to talk about everyone's favorite topic, taxes. It may only be February, but right around now, you should be receiving the last of your tax forms so that you can go and file your 2020 taxes. So I thought that this would be a wonderful time to lay out some knowledge on how taxes work. This week, we're going to talk about tax brackets and how to use them. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host... Alrighty, so here is a gross overview of how taxes work in the United States. Now, as a side note, the idea of tax brackets should work the same for any country that uses them. So for all of my international listeners, please bear with me for the next few minutes and we'll get to the good parts that apply to you. This explanation of U.S. taxes is going to be a very big oversimplification. But for people who haven't had much experience with personal taxes, I think this is going to be very helpful. So the first thing is that you will typically receive all of your tax forms that you need by mail, or you'll receive an email from each of the entities that owe you a tax form telling you that, hey, your form is ready, click here to download it. Next, you're going to take all the information from those forms and you're going to calculate your income from your various sources. This should cover everything from getting paid by an employer, receiving an inheritance, earning interest in your bank account, gains on your investment accounts, earning money from your business, and earning money from your side hustle should cover all of that. And all of this will give you your total income. Then you're going to have a chance to enter in anything that you had to pay, but you don't have to pay taxes on. These are called adjustments. These are things like teacher expenses for things that they bought for their class, but they weren't reimbursed for, deductions for contributing to your HSA or your IRA, uh, if you paid any alimony, if you paid any student loan interest, or anything like that. If something like that sounds familiar... Something that you may want to do is Google what the 2020 adjustments to income are because that might save you a little bit of money on your taxes. So with that, you're going to take your total income, which we got in step one, and you're going to subtract out your adjustments. Now, some of these will add money back, but most of them are subtractions, so we'll just say subtract. The resulting number is known as your adjusted gross income, or AGI. This is a very important number when it comes to taxes. After that, there's still one more step before we get to tax brackets, and those are the deductions. Now, deductions are expenses that you've paid for, which can be taken out of your AGI. And since you're subtracting something from your AGI, it's going to end up lowering how much in taxes you're going to pay. So there are two ways to handle your deductions. You can take the standard deduction, or you can itemize your deductions. Some of these deductions include medical expenses you paid throughout the year, state and local taxes, such as property taxes, interest that you paid on your home mortgage, and gifts to charity. The thing that's going to make you decide between using the standard deduction or itemizing your deduction is going to be you're going to pick the one that lowers your AGI the most and therefore lowers the amount of taxes you're going to have to pay. Itemizing your deductions means you're going to have to list out each of these expenses individually and account for the total dollar amount. The standard deduction, however, is a flat amount which is determined by the IRS and it typically changes every year. Now, the standard deduction is set so that about 70-80% to of Americans should take the standard instead of itemizing. 
This is done to make the work of the IRS a lot easier so that if they have the standard deduction, there's no math they have to check. If you itemize, they have to do a lot more work. So for 2020, the standard deduction for a single person is $12,400. Now, if you're married and you're filing your taxes together, that standard deduction is $24,800. So the question you really need to ask yourself is, was the total amount that I paid in local taxes, mortgage interest, and donations to charity last year greater than the standard deduction? If that number isn't greater than the standard deduction, you need to take the standard deduction. If it was greater, you need to make sure you can account for that and prove it in case you're audited by the IRS, and then you can go ahead and itemize. So that was deductions in a nutshell, and once you subtract out your deductions, you now have your taxable income. Now, I know we went through a lot there, but let's go ahead and go through one more time and just hit the steps just so we have that framework. First, you calculate all of your income. Second, Add or subtract your adjustments to income. This gives you your adjusted gross income or your AGI. Third, you're going to want to subtract out your deductions, whether that's itemized or standard. Then you get your taxable income. And now we get to the subject of today's episode, the tax brackets. Now, folks, I got to be honest with you. I spent quite a lot of time this weekend trying to think of a good metaphor to explain tax brackets. And I'm afraid that Since this is a podcast and I have really no way to show you a visual, this is the best example I could come up with to try to give you that visual. Have you ever been to a wedding or a party or even saw in a movie where there's a table somewhere with all the food that has a pyramid of wine or champagne glasses? Well, imagine you have that table with a pyramid of glasses and those glasses are empty and you're the one that needs to fill them. So you go ahead and you grab a ladder, go to the top, and you pour all of the champagne into the topmost glass. Now, when that glass gets full, you're gonna keep pouring, and that overflow is gonna fall into the next row of glasses where it starts to fill those. Then, once those start to fill up, they overflow and start filling the third row of glasses, and so on and so forth until you run out of champagne. Now, in this example, the amount of champagne you pour is equal to the amount of taxable income you have. So, with this kind of scenario, Each row of glasses is a tax bracket. The glass at the top gets taxed at the lowest tax rate. The row of glasses below it both holds more liquid and is taxed at a higher rate. The row below that, same story. More glasses means that the row can hold more liquid and it's taxed at a higher rate. This continues as you go down each level. Now, the first thing you might be thinking is, why is this so complex and how is this fair? Well, in short, it's that complex in order to make it fair. With a tax bracket system, everyone has to pay the same amount of taxes for the same amount of funds. The only question is, how many rows of glasses can you fill? Both the person that makes $50,000 a year and the person that makes a million dollars a year pay the same dollar amount of taxes for the first and second row of glasses. The only difference is that when the guy making $50,000 a year runs out of champagne, The girl that made a million dollars last year is still pouring. So because she's still pouring and filling more glasses, she's going to end up having to pay higher taxes on that additional champagne. I think at this point, I've about gotten my money's worth out of that metaphor. So let's do a real life example. Since this is just me talking about the concept of tax brackets, and this is, again, just an audio podcast, and I'm not really giving you a visual, I'm going to use rounded numbers here to make it easier to follow. So here is a quick overview of the rounded 2020 
single-person tax brackets. On your first $10,000 worth of income, you're going to get taxed at 10%. After that, everything from $10,001 to $40,000 is taxed at 12%. The next bracket is from $40,001 to $85,000, and that is taxed at 22%. Now, in the U.S., there are four more tax brackets after that, but again, I'm just trying to cover the concept here. And once you understand how this works with three tax brackets, you're going to understand how it works with all seven. So I want you to notice two things about those brackets. The first is that the tax rate goes up each time. The second is that the amount of money each bracket contains also goes up each time. So the first bracket only holds $10,000 and is taxed at 10%. The second tax bracket holds $30,000 because it's $10,001 to $40,000, so it holds $30,000, and that is taxed at 12%. The third tax bracket holds $45,000 and then is taxed at 22%. If it helps, try to think of that pyramid of champagne glasses. Each layer has more glasses, therefore it holds more, and you get taxed more as you pour out more and more champagne, or as you earn more money. Let's run through an actual example to show you how this works. I looked up some research online and have some 2020 estimated household income numbers. So the people at the 25th percentile of income earners in 2020 made $34,300. So let's assume that this is their taxable income and that this is for a single person. So their taxable income is $34,000 and we're going to say they took the standard deduction, which is $12,400. So once we subtract that out, that's $21,600 that they have to pay taxes on. The first tax bracket holds $10,000. So we fill that up and we move on to the next one. When we move on to the next one, remember we had that 34. We subtracted out the 12,000 standard deduction. And then we subtracted out the 10,000 that was in the first bracket. So what we have left is 11,600. So that 11,600 isn't going to fill the second tax bracket. So we know we're going to have to stop here. So we have $10,000 in the first tax bracket, which is taxed at 10%. And that $10,000 at 10% means they're going to pay $1,000 in taxes. Okay, done with bracket one. Let's move on to bracket two. In the second bracket, we had the remaining 11,600. And that was in the 12% tax bracket. So 11,600 times 12% means they're going to have to pay $1,392 on that second bracket. And that's it. We're done. So on a taxable income of $34,300, we didn't pay any taxes on the first $12,000 because of the standard deduction. We paid $1,000 on that next $10,000, and then we paid $1,392 on the remaining money. So on a taxable income of $34,300, we paid total taxes of 2,392. So that brings me to a vocabulary lesson. There is a stark difference between what is known as a marginal tax rate and an effective tax rate. I see these misused a lot and we're talking about tax brackets here, so I really wanted to mention this today. Your marginal tax rate is the tax rate that is on the last dollar that you earn. Since you work your way into higher tax brackets as you make more money, This means that your last dollar is going to get taxed at the highest tax rate. In the example we just did, our marginal tax rate is 12%. That's because that 12% was the tax rate on the last bracket we were able to put money into. 
The effective tax rate is the amount of taxes that you actually pay. This is calculated by taking the amount of taxes you paid and you divide it by your total income. So from our example, we paid a total of $2,392 on a total income of $34,300. When you do the division, you find out that this is an effective tax rate of 6.97%. Now you can tell that this is a very different number from 6.97% to 12%, which was the marginal tax rate. The effective tax rate is the one you really want to pay attention to because that's the amount of taxes you are actually paying. The marginal tax rate is just so you can brag. Oh yeah, I'm in the 12% tax bracket, or yeah, I'm in the 25% tax bracket, or whatever. Like, if you have $5 in that tax bracket, congratulations, you raised your marginal taxes. But that doesn't matter. If you only have $10 getting taxed at 22%, you're not getting all your money taxed at 22%. That's just some number they like to throw out there. So, with all of that explained... I wanted to take a minute and play devil's advocate for a second and drop some statistics that uh, some of you aren't going to like. The following data comes from the Tax Foundation, which is the nation's largest independent tax policy nonprofit organization. In 2018, which is the year they had the most recent data for, the top 1% of income earners in the United States paid 40% of all federal income taxes. Now, that's not as round as you'd think. The number is 40.1%. So let me go ahead and reword that. Of the $1.5 trillion of federal income taxes that were paid in 2018, 40.1% of that money came from the highest earning 1% of Americans, or simply the 1%. By extension of that, 71% of all federal income taxes were paid by the wealthiest 25% of income earners in America. Meanwhile, the bottom 50% of wage-earning Americans paid 2.9% of income taxes. Now, there's a rant here that I can honestly spend an entire episode on, and I still might in the future, but rather than doing that, I'm going to let the numbers speak for themselves. However, I am just going to say this. For all the people that are out there saying that we need to raise taxes on the rich, congratulations, you won. The richest 1% of Americans paid 13 times what the bottom 50% of Americans paid. Let's take a look at one more statistic, and then I promise I'm done. Of all the money earned in 2018, now this is done by taking the AGI, the adjusted gross income, of every taxpayer in America. Of all the money earned in 2018, the top 1% earned 21% of it. Now, to me, a fair tax system would mean if you earn 21% of the income, you would pay 21% of all the taxes, because that would be fair, right? Well, unfortunately, reality doesn't usually turn out that way. So the top 1% of wage earners earned 21% of all the money, but they paid 40% of all the taxes. Now let's look at the bottom 50%. The bottom 50% earned 11.6% of all the money in 2018. On that 11.6%, they paid 2.9% of all the taxes. So if you look at this from just a percentage view, the top 1% earned 21% of the money, paid 40% of the taxes. So in reality, they paid double what could be considered their fair share. If you look at the bottom 50%, they earned 11% of the money, but paid 2.9% of the taxes. So the bottom 50% paid a third of the taxes that they quote unquote would be fair, that they should have paid. Before getting too political, 
I just want to say my stance on this because I believe it is important for you as the listener to know if I have a potential bias on this topic. My view is that at a minimum, the rich are paying their fair share, if not more than their fair share. On the topic of budget problems in the U.S., I think the problem doesn't come from a lack of taxes. Because remember, when it comes to governments, taxes are income. I think the problem is spending. I think it's expenditures. I think that our problem in the U.S. today and why we have almost $30 trillion in debt is that the government doesn't know how to stay on a budget. They set a budget every year and somehow we keep overstepping it almost to a ridiculous extent. Again, this is another rant. I don't want to get into it, but I think the problem is government spending, not a lack of taxes on any particular group of Americans. That's my topic, and I promise I'm done. I try not to get political here on the show, but everything I've said thus far, besides my personal comments at the end there, are undisputed facts that years of statistics have shown us. I'm going to post a few links in the show notes so that you can see where I'm getting my data from, as well as some links with some good visuals to help you better understand tax brackets. I would also encourage you to look up the tax brackets that apply to you, whether that be single, head of household, married filing jointly, or if you're not in the U.S., whatever tax brackets apply to you. Highly recommend you get those checked out, take your income from last year, and plug it into the forms. Have some fun with it. Do the math for yourself and go get some experience. You may like it or you may hate it, but at least you'll understand how you're being taxed, which is going to be something you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. And with that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.